0: Welcome to the Mark Denny Podcast, an audio-only experience hosted by me, Mark Denny. This is episode 5. You can look forward to new episodes every Friday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under the Movie Reference Podcast feed. I appreciate those of you who have checked out this podcast for the last five weeks or so. I thought about doing an Ant-Man recap this week, but then I thought, nah, they don't want that. Then I thought about talking about all the trailers that came out with the Super Bowl. Then I thought... Nah, they don't want that. (laughs) What they want (laughs) is to hear my review (laughs) for (laughs) Black Panther Wakanda Forever. (laughs) Am I right or am I wrong? Um, It is an MCU weekend because Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantumania is coming out. So I thought it would be appropriate to finally share my review of Wakanda Forever. I watched both the film and behind the scenes um, that they released on Disney Plus And so with that being said I would probably say mild spoilers But I'm not going to go I'm I'm not planning on going into Spoilerific detail about the film uh, What I want to talk about First and foremost I want to start with uh, Chadwick Boseman A little bit Then talk about Black Panther And the MCU so far Then I'll give you my review My thoughts on Wakanda Forever Which will probably contain just mild spoilers. Like I said, I'm not planning on uh, uh, saying too much about the film. Um, And then, uh, yeah, if we have time permits, maybe a little bit uh, about the MCU. Um, Just a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, there it is. Hope you're ready. Enjoy the show. Oh, man. Okay. So, Black Panther, um, pretty significant superhero. Um, I, it was such a huge, monumental impact, not just on the MCU, but as uh, as a culture, as uh, as representation. And it was one of those characters that just—I don't know—you kind of felt the impact when when they announced chadwick boseman as uh king t'challa or prince t'challa at the time um also known as you know black panther and they actually announced this when they were it was like this big event that they had where they were announcing i think they were announcing phase three of the um, marvel cinematic universe and captain america civil war you know so you saw uh, robert downey jr and chris evans on stage and then that's when they brought out chadwick boseman it was it's a very memorable moment um like a kind of hair chilling inducing moment you know one of those moments that makes your hair stand um because it's just wow this is this is huge and that's not to take away anything from wesley snipes who uh played blade for three films back in you know i think late 90s early early aughts is that what they call them now um but this was a bigger deal because the MCU was such a significant uh footprint as far as superheroes were concerned that wow they're going to do Black Panther okay and then it and then it uh moved on from there when they announced that uh Ryan Coogler was going to direct Black Panther and Ryan Coogler at the time was, was well his name was popping because not only because of um Creed, right? Creed he just I think Creed came out like 2 years before and it was just like, "Whoa. This man's a genius. How did he think of this story to uh basically make a sequel series to the Rocky films and do it so well?" But he also did a movie called Fruitville Station, which um if you haven't seen that movie, it's uh oh, it's a tough watch. It's 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 one of those movies that Oh man, you're you, you you will be crying by the time you finish that film. Um, and it's based on uh, true events, and of course it's about. Uh, well, I, if you don't know the story, it it it's definitely a. It's not a good. <laughs> it's a police and and a, and a young black man, and um, I, I'm pretty sure you probably know the story from there. But it's uh, oof, it's tough. Anyways. Ryan Coogler, um, amazing at that time, and, and and still amazing to this day. I'm sorry, but it, it, he got announced to direct Black Panther, and it was like, oh, okay. So it 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 was just a big moment, big moment, and um, Chadwick man, Chadwick Boseman, um, the late Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. I only like. He popped up on my radar because I I, I used to watch uh, this thing called AMC Movie Talk and I think it became Collider Movie Talk. But throughout the years, you know, his name would pop up um, in various projects that he was doing. But there weren't projects that I was like checking out. Right, like I still haven't seen Get Up, right where he plays James Brown. But I did see Forty Two, where he played Jackie Robinson. He was playing these important historical figures who who uh made an impact you know in 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 their respected fields and uh you know you could tell that this 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 man cared about representation he cared about who he was as a man and wanted that to be seen in the world and so you you kind of felt that with every performance that he he gave and uh, it wasn't anything different when he was cast as team, as uh, Prince T'Challa at the time, who would, who will eventually become King T'Challa. Um, but that's what put him on the map for me, though. Obviously, because I was at that point in time, I was so deep in the trenches with the MCU that you know anything that they were putting out, I was like, oh, you know. I still have that feeling of you know what's next. I'm curious, but my uh, my enthusiasm has uh, dipped a little bit in recent years but uh at that time it was really high like oh what's next give me something else you know but yeah Chadwick Boseman he was just so he was great as T'Challa and such a I don't know such a presence uh specifically you know he showed up in uh, Captain America Civil War he showed up uh, he had his solo film Black Panther he showed up in Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers: Endgame, and he even provided the voice of. Uh, is he? T- he's. I mean, he's still T'Challa, but in in the What If series, he become he's Star Lord. He's the child that's abducted from Earth, um, and he becomes Star Lord, a uh, more successful Star Lord. Um, but that was like the last project that he got to work on before he tragically passed, and it was uh, that was a shock you know i remember what i, I it was um yeah I, I i i it was uh i don't know man it was kind of similar to when paul walker passed it was like one of those moments of like i in disbelief no nah, this is a hoax or you know and then oh gosh this is real like whew, you know not to not to put anybody down you know the, i'm just saying that it, it it definitely i felt the impact and i can't remember if they were already working on the sequel or if they were about to announce i, I i'm not sure i think at that point they already announced that they were m- making a sequel and that ryan Coogler was coming back um but obviously you know things change right like whoa the sequel at that point in time doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It seemed like they were like a close knit family as a production. It seemed like Chadwick was a great, uh, like a like a great glue for the cast and crew. You know, he seemed to respect everybody. And th- and this is just from the outside looking, and this is from watching behind the scenes clips. This is from uh the knowledge that I've kind of learned. You know, not, like things that I've learned about Chadwick in recent years, you know, um, for people like Ryan Coogler to talk, talk about him and the rest of his cast to talk about him. And so it just seemed like he was a, he was that guy. He was just a great person on set and, um, serious about his work, but yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he got to play black Panther, you know, multiple times. And of course, <laughs> the big deal of wakana forever was okay now that the main tie of it all is gone what are you going to like what's going to happen next um is that going to be a part of the story is it um are they just going to recast to keep the the mantle going what what is the plan and it was a, it was you know they let it. I mean, rightfully so. They let everyone grieve in their own time before they even made the choice to announce what they were gonna do with Wakanda Forever. Ultimately, they decided to use the real world um, and uh, infuse that with the story that they wanted to tell with Wakanda Forever. So, with that being said, let's get into Wakanda Forever. Um. And, um, like I said, it's just gonna be mild spoilers. I don't plan on spoiling too much. Um, most of the stuff that I might spoil is like the beginning stuff. Um, but it's also things that you've seen in the trailer. So that's how I'm using my, uh, my spoiler, uh, (laughs) thing, (laughs) my (laughs) warning. So Wakanda forever, they, it's hard to say anything negative about this film okay and I mean that because in a respectful way man they they pulled off a feat they 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 they, they did something so remarkable with the circumstances that they had that you kind of sit back and go damn you know And some fans were disappointed of course um with who they ultimately choose as uh black panther and i think everyone knows so i will bring that up later but and i think that people were hoping that they were just going to recast but i don't know like you look at the story as a whole you're like wow you know now it doesn't make sense in terms of storytelling it, it 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 it's unfortunate that it's the sequel right because you're just like whoa you know you got the first Black Panther and you're like oh I want more of this you know what's gonna happen next and now you're getting one where they had to change the story they had a the the the, the individual who is earning the mantle had to earn it they had to have a reason to earn the mantle and man it, it, they made some really cool this storytelling decisions that I really appreciated um, in this movie. So, obviously, Angela Bassett is the talk of the town. She's, she's got herself a best-supporting nom, and it's a big deal because it's the first Marvel Studio film to be recognized with a best-supporting Oscar nomination, and that's Angela Bassett. She plays Queen Ramada. And uh, she's extraordinary, obviously. It's Angela Bassett. She's, she's just a force. And she does so great in this film, um, both playing the, the queen, obviously, um, head of the household, but also in the quieter moments. You know, the, the, the sweeter moments, the, the, the moments where you realize, oh my gosh, Suri is the only child left or the only person left of her family. And those um, those moments between the two of them are much more deeper um, than in the first film. In the first film, it's light, it's fun. You know, Surrey is just like this kind of smartass, and uh, and uh, the and Queen is just proud of her son. You know, she loves both her kids, but but this time, that's it. She only has Surrey. You know, her husband passed away in Captain America: Civil War. He gets blown up and then um what they reveal they 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 just say a disease takes T'Challa away and that's actually how they start the movie like the panic of her of suri trying to replicate this flower um this this particular flower is what they use for black panther uh they drink it they go and talk to the ancestors and then all of a sudden they have the power of the black panther um this is after after combat um that's part of their their heritage and, and traditions. But if you haven't seen the first Black Panther, you won't be aware of this, but the first Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, um, actually burns all the flowers, so they don't have anything. So it was a really, as, as far as story-wise, that was a really neat way to tie it of, what well, we can't save T'Challa because we don't have the flower anymore. You know, and so she's trying to remake it, replicate it with science and technology, and it uh, obviously, unfortunately, doesn't work. And so, it 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 it's those moments though that she shares between mother and daughter that I think really make the movie. But then it's also Shuri's journey. I mean, by default, her journey has to become more meaningful than what it was set up in the first film. And so she, played by Leticia Wright, is just figuring out. She's fighting through grief. She's, you know, she has a, a lot to learn, and in her interactions with characters such as her mom and Telecon and, um, that's not his name, Namor. Um, well, Telecon is his tribe, but. Uh, namor though like it it just these moments of just like wow (laughs) i don't know i just i really liked how they set up the her interactions with characters um so i just have such a mad respect for how they wanted to tell this story um they follow they, they they go into the they have a funeral you've seen it in the trailer and it's it's so beautiful you know it's just it's the mix of the real world with the fantasy of, you know, well, the T'Challa's gone, Chadwick Boseman's gone, we're going to celebrate slash, you know, um, pay our respects. And it was such a moving moment, moving moment. And uh, Ryan Coogler, man, in that scene alone, the, the, he he knows, I don't... I mean, between the set designers and the and the costumes and the every like how they make the colors pop, and and the way that it's captured Wakanda, like it's so I'm so happy to be back in this world, that I'm just like just utterly impressed with uh, how they uh, designed everything, and then of course they have the Marvel Studios logo that just it's so quiet and they honor Chadwick Boseman with. Uh, his previous appearances and some I think some behind the scenes. I, I've only seen this movie once, so I might get some things wrong. Um uh, but it was still a, like a wow. And then they actually make it go 1 year later. Like they they there's still an impact. You know, and this is after all the events that happen in Endgame, right? If you guys haven't seen Endgame or Infinity War, you know Thanos won in Infinity War and uh Five years go by <laughs> between Infinity War and Endgame. And so we're five years ahead uh, than where we were. But I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I think we're whatever. I don't I, I math at uh, this early in the morning. I can't even think. Um, but they gave it an additional year of the Wakanda struggling to protect its most viable resource vibranium even though King T'Challa really wanted to open up the country to help others and to help the world uh, it became now it's you are becoming too greedy you're, you're trying to take what's ours and we want to protect it we want to make sure that it stays in Wakanda because it's better in our hands we know what to do with it and clearly they do they know how to um, I mean, look how vibrant the Wakanda is, the country like the, and, and the fact that, well, we don't have anybody that's going to use it for bad. Right. And so other than when Killmonger, uh, comes into town, but he's not, you know what I mean? Like it, that's, you know, that's different. Uh, come on. <laughs> so, and then after that, you spend like two hours with Surrey, like on this adventure because you, I think everyone knows, you saw it in the trailer, you saw it in the poster. Shuri eventually becomes Black Panther. Um, but they didn't rush it. They didn't even make it an inkling of an idea throughout the movie of, oh, Shuri should take up the mantle because it, it's uh, T'Challa's sister. No, they, they didn't even bother to do that. They just let the story unfold. And they let it be known that hey, we need a protector of Wakanda. We need a Black Panther. You know, multiple times throughout the film, but no one said, "Suri, you should become Black Panther." It, it, it's not even a thought or an idea throughout the movie until that moment is realized. Um, and there's a certain reason why that kind of pushes um, Suri to that. Um, and it's it's super important. It it it, it yeah. Like I said, I'm trying not to spoil the movie. Um, watching some of the behind the scenes, it was crazy. I, you know, that this movie was filmed during the pandemic, and like, you know, I, I how they found a new story to tell. Um, I, I'm sure you, if you guys are fans of the MCU, you probably heard that Ryan Coogler had a different idea for uh, the sequel, and that it was going to be like a father son story, and basically be about like almost like summer camp but of course something goes wrong and they have to go and um and fight uh but you know uh but th- th- that's the brilliance of someone like Ryan Kugler who is just so talented and I, I I forget I don't know if he wrote this with someone or he wrote this by himself but that uh, I'm just wow <laughs> I'm so grateful for the, like the care and the hard work the the, the casting crew cuz Man, watching that behind the scenes was like, wow, you know, they really cared about this film. Despite that the critics that I listened to were kind of mixed on the movie, and I think the movie is like an 84% Rotten Tomatoes, so majority of the critics, basically that means majority of the critics really enjoyed the film, and then like, you know, the math, 16% of them weren't fans of it, but you, you can't, you can't say that they didn't come into this movie trying their absolute best because <laughs> that's what they did. Um, and the thing is, the first one set such, such a set such a high bar, and you definitely feel Chadwick Boseman's—you um, feel his his presence, but you also notice his disappearance in the film. And this film really tries to reach it, but if if I'm being honest, even though I've been praising it, it doesn't really reach that bar. That bar is really high, but it's still good, you know. And out of the Phase Four films and and shows that have come out, you know, I did my list not too long ago on the movie reference, and this I would say it, it's definitely in my top ten, probably. M- probably i don't know if it cracks my top five but it might be on the bottom end of my uh top 10 like uh not not how do you say that like top end of top 10 like six or seven i don't know i have to really think about it probably watch it again but yeah this yeah i i I just think i don't know maybe it was just one of those things a one-time bias thing i don't know but um the music great Chad uh Chadwick Ludwig Görson's music is great the the the, the various artists that the the representation music wise was crazy cool um you got a variety of different types of music that you probably never knew um i mean maybe you knew existed but I, I, there's so much different flavors um I, it's kind of hard to describe like once you throw on the album it's like whoa whoa you know yeah you get rihanna and Then you start getting another artist and you're like, I never heard of this person before. Um, And it's just like, and it's like, ah, this is a great song. It's like the the curated music was just so incredible. Now I praised it. I do have some negatives. Um, I personally think we could have waited to introduce Riri Williams. Um, As cool she is, I I really like, uh, oh man, what's her name? oh what's the actress's name i'm sorry um the funny thing is is that this actress i found out through the behind the scenes actually auditioned for suri um back when they were making black panther and they just kept her in mind um her name is uh, dominique throne 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 throw i don't know sorry dominique um she actually auditioned for suri and i was like what but they, they she impressed them so much that they were like, oh well, she's got to play Riri in this one. That's so cool. That is so cool. And but I think that they introduced the character too soon or gave it too much too much time. Um, I think it would have been better as a tease or a reference and then. You know, because she has her own series coming out right on Disney Plus. It could have been easy just a just a reference or tease at the end of the movie that I don't know something that we're gonna do what T'Challa said or so, I don't know who knows, um and and like show her at the end of the movie as a tease and then oh she's gonna have her own movie or her own series and she's gonna be in the movie so I don't know I don't really uh, that particular storyline eh, yeah, it does end up giving us like a really badass uh, car chase sequence uh, and a fight sequence on a bridge. but I don't know. I I, <laughs> I, I think they could have done without it. Um, and then there were some CGI elements that I wasn't a fan of and particularly when it came to the Iron Heart costume, not so much the Mark one, like, you know, obviously she built that out of the garage and you know, it is what it is. But that number two, when she builds in Wakanda, which is shown in the trailers, it looks too much like, like a transformer. And I just didn't like how it looked. It what you know what I mean? Like there was something realistic about the Iron Man suit that was like, it felt like it was used, worked on, even though it had an upgrade color scheme. This was like it seemed cartoony. It, it kind of stuck out from the rest of the of the the background of the of the sequence. Even though there was probably tons of CGI in the background, uh, hers stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, same could be said for the Midnight writers, or sorry, Midnight Angels. Like I get it; it's comic book lore. I I liked the suit without the helmet. But when the helmet came on, it just kept reminding me of the fifth element. I don't know if you've seen that blue lady <laughs> that does the opera. That's what it kept reminding me of. And I was like, this, I don't really like this look. Um, maybe it works in the comics. Maybe we could have done without the helmets or something. Cause I like the, the, the blue suit itself, but I wasn't a fan of the, the CGI on that. But yeah. Um, so there's my thoughts. Um, just a couple negatives, but overall, man, I really enjoyed the movie and I, and I just, I don't know. I I really appreciate what they attempted to do. Um, and respect what they did. And, uh, I mean, that's all I can really say really. Um, Wakanda forever ended phase four of the MCU. Um, they try to break these out in phases. This was the end of it. And then they had Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess that was like a an epilogue, uh, holiday special. Sorry. And then Phase Five begins. Phase Five begins this weekend with Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. And if you're someone like me who just I just check Rotten Tomatoes, right? I just check to see what what people are leaning towards, what they're not leaning towards. And then I actually have like ten critics that I go and I actually listen to their full reviews. Okay, so I actually get a good palette of uh expectation right now ant-man is sitting at 49 percent out of 226 reviews as of this recording and the the consensus uh ant-man and the wasp quantumania mostly lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier adventures but jonathan majors kane is thrilling vill- is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the mcu Jonathan Majors is probably by far the most positive thing I've heard about Ant-Man. Um, I'm, in the fan, I'm a fan of the series. Uh, I like the first two Ant-Man movies. I love all the appearances of Paul Rudd as the character Scott Lane and Ant-Man. And uh, I was really looking forward to this movie. You know it was on my must-sees list if you heard that episode. A little disappointed at the response. Um... It's nearly divided 50-50, you know, uh, as far as like positive reviews versus negative reviews. Um, And then all my critics that I listened to ultimately were just disappointed with the film. So it's kind of like, oh, man, (laughs) like I really wanted to see this movie. Um, And I still will. I still want to make my own opinion. For all I know, I might leave the movie going, oh, man, that was that was awesome. Um, If you do go see it, apparently there's two post credit scenes anyways. Just saying, that's the start of Phase 5. Phase 4 was a little shaky. Kind of ran out of time to talk about it. But I talked about it on the movie reference. I gave my list out and everything. But I think the MCU is on a plateau. I think it's a plateau right now. I think that their trajectory when they started Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3 was up, up, up. Even though there was a couple dips, they kept rising. And they reached the top, they got uh, WandaVision, they went up a little bit more, and then after that, it was like a plateau. Just a straight line of, here's some good stuff that doesn't always stick the landing, you know, a couple dips here and there, but going up a little bit, you know, but ultimately staying on one line, and, and unfortunately it doesn't feel like they're elevating enough. There's a little too much humor going on, Um it doesn't feel organic it feels forced and like they have these stories that i they they haven't found the right way to represent some of these stories as far as we have so much story to tell in this series we maybe might think instead of six episodes we should probably do eight or make the episodes longer right like there's certain instances of that of we didn't earn this ending maybe it was intriguing in the beginning but now we didn't earn this ending or we didn't have enough story for a series we could have just done a like a special you know what i mean like there are certain things i think there's some growing pains in phase four um even though i'm i i'm happy about all the characters that were introduced and i'm happy for the future i'm excited but i'm not as excited or enthusiastic as i was during the first three phases now that phase four is complete and now we're jumping into phase five and now i'm just like okay well let's i guess we'll see you know and i don't want to be there because i'm a huge movie fan but i'm also a huge comic fan and uh i i I love the mcu i think it's so much fun and i think it's great when actors want to come play and i don't know but anyways that that (laughs) i wasn't planning on going way into it but hope you enjoyed my review Hopefully, um, you guys will check out Wakanda forever. Like I said, I only gave mild spoilers. I didn't go full on. Um, Oh, you know, one thing I didn't mention is I really enjoy how they represent cultures, right? Like Namor and the Mayan culture. And I love how they represent Wakanda. Like, I I just, I love all that. So, anyways, that's it. That's all I got to say. Thank you for tuning in to the Mark Denny Podcast. This is episode five. Please make sure to follow at the movie reference on Instagram for any polls that might be posted this upcoming weekend. (laughs) As always, guys, have a wonderful weekend. See you all next week. And just remember, Wakanda forever.